51 degrees in that cellar. Oh, 51 degrees? Yeah. Oh, man. You can't, you might not even be able to wear shorts down there. That'd be good parka weather for me. I could wear my parkas down there. <laughs> you do have, you could, you could go to work there and wear a parka for the rest of the year and never wear the same one. Welcome, everyone, to episode 123 of The Mashup, the best bourbon conversation you're going to hear all week long. We are your hosts, Kenny and Anthony. What's up, big dog? Yo, man, how are you? I'm doing well. You know, I'm just uh, another night, some more uh, good pours, hopefully, in front of us. You know, same old, same old. Yeah, I'm doing good now that my pacemaker's back in rhythm, man. I'm, oh, I'm excited. My God. <laughs> I'm doing all right, bro. So, How about you? Oh, my God. So, of course, before we turn the microphones on, there's always a little bit of uh, hijinks that goes on. And so we're sitting here, and we're just talking for a minute. And Kenny, <laughs> I said, I said I heard some static in the microphone. And he goes, oh, you did? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I think it may have been my cell phone because I have my cell phone too close to the little uh, mixer we got going over here. And so without missing a beat, he looks me right in the eye and says, it could have been my pacemaker. Straight face. Straight face. <laughs> Stone cold. And I'm like, oh my God, really? <laughs> no yeah, like he actually cared for me. I know was, you. <laughs> almost shed a tear for being such a lying jerk to you. There you go, right? And so I said that, and um, instantly, of course, he's laughing hysterically. And then I knew that I had been duped again by Kenny. But uh, but you duped me once. Uh, what is that saying? Fool me once, can't fool me again. But I've been fooled by you many times, right? Yeah. Is that what it is? I can't get that right. Ever since I see that, ever since George Bush, yeah, since that Bush said that, I can't understand it. I can't, I can't say it either. So <laughs> that's one thing I think we'll always remember Bush for. But anyway, speaking of duping mm. people, um, you know, you know, I thought about this during the history of this podcast. There's been times where I've had like many what I call microaggressions or little rages about online bourbon and bourbon groups. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that you and I have really ever talked about some of the things that really grind grind my gears get me going whatever you want to say not on here we have not no we've never no i've never but i'm that. new to this yeah yeah so yeah. i've never but i mean you're definitely in the groups yeah all, and, i mean i'm new to the podcast with you all talking about right it. Right, right right yeah no yeah, we've but, talked about it so you know the history of the groups, off recordings yeah yeah and um so one of the things that really drives me nuts about groups whether they be local or national groups is when people are doing like this little thing that i call like disingenuous i don't even know how to explain it right but we have a lot of local bourbon groups here in lexington fair assessment right there's probably mm -hmm. a handful maybe like 10 that are active and some are just groups where you uh what do you do you like okay i was at liquor barn today and i found this bottle and so i want everybody to know about it so you post it you're not like actually there's no there's no buy sell there's trade. no buy sell trade going no. on in there so one of the groups that's kind of growing on me over the last year is one that I, I don't know if you added it to me or somebody else did but it's a maker's mark group and it's a kind of a localized one and a lot of people in there are doing what maker's mark folks do and that's usually talk about uh the most prized uh, collector bottle in their collection <laughs> things of that nature but recently, as in a couple weeks ago, I was on there and I was noticing somebody was posting and in search of for a collector bottle, a specific collector bottle, a denim. You know which denim I'm talking about there? They have like a... Yeah, the makers with the denim yeah, color like label. A blue, blue jean looking. Yeah. So this was this, for those of you guys who don't know, 
the Maker's Denim bottle has a lot of play here in Lexington because it was a commemorative bottle that came out for the 1996 Wildcats Championship. And the uniforms, um, I think those were Converse at the time. I don't know if they were Nike or whatever. But those denim uniforms were synonymous with that 96 championship team. So Maker's Mark did this to commemorate the 96 champs. And the bottle itself was produced in mass pretty, pretty hard. I think it was like maybe... I don't know, 10 or 15,000, maybe more of those bottles that were produced. I think it was a pretty big batch they made just to, yeah. Yeah, right. Because it, really, it was, wasn't really about the juice, you know, being anything Right, nothing special, special just in the their bottle. standard, but yeah, just. Yeah. yeah, just the standard Maker's Collectric bottle where they're putting the same stuff in there, but you get a chance to whatever. So this guy's posting in search of for, I don't know, what was it, 100 bucks or something like that? I can't remember what it was. It was something like that. He was just trying to fill his, he wanted to get. The whole vertical of them or something or he's just one no no it was weird so he's like posting in search of and he said can take multiples of these oh multiples, yeah, that's, take multiples. that's not a good sign yeah so i was like initially like okay maybe something's going on here with this denim bottle because everybody like so for those of you guys who don't live in lexington if you can imagine we have some folks here that are not bourbon drinkers but they're strictly makers collectors Yes. So yeah, i have several customers of mine that really? they, they'll show me their collection yeah like i don't drink though yeah and so and, they must got like hundred makers. They want balls. every makers, right? <laughs> yeah, makers upon makers upon makers. So makers are like almost like a like a Hallmark ornaments collection or something like that, where you have a whole bunch around. So I don't know what this guy's thing was. Well, I'm not big and not really part of a lot of national groups. Like I'm on them, but these <laughs> are the national enthusiast groups. So I'm scrolling through one of those, and I see the same guy who's just asking for these for a hundred bucks, posting them for two fifty. Oh, for sale. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. So 250 for sale. And I'm like, wow. are you kidding me? So I like look, and this is literally almost at the same time. It's like 20 minutes difference between when this guy's wow. asking for these bottles in a group and what he's got going on on a Natty Pages. So I have mentioned in the past how much that drives me insane, <laughs> right? So I would say this. I'm not, it's your bottle. You do what you want with your bottle. If somebody wanted to sell it for a hundred bucks, but I just feel like when people are doing that, they're playing that game of like, let me see what I could do in the local market and then, you know, go natty for max profit kind of thing and doing it right in front of your face. Like at least be crafty yeah, about it, right? That's not cool. Like, that, that would <laughs> definitely out. keep you out of any good bourbon groups. Yeah. It's so like if you have legit where you get cost plus groups, you got really good fellowship groups hanging right, out. Right. He's, he's not going to get any of those. I've been a part of some of those groups on a smaller local level where you do a little bit of stuff where you give people breaks and things like that, but nothing, nothing on like a national level. So that's just something that I hadn't really, you know, we talked about in a recent episode the group slowing down a little bit yeah. not being as like active and things like that so it just really kind of uh, kind of ground my gears man yeah got me going man there's not many things that get me going but that just drives me nuts because the other thing is is those that know me know that i'm like pretty much um i don't want to say i'm miserly when it comes to my bourbon but most of what i get i keep <laughs> and uh, almost to a fault right <laughs> so it could be like my cousin calling me up going hey man you got this bottle i'm like i got it but it's mine i'm keeping it <laughs> not letting go. yeah I'm like i'm not letting go of that one and so stop doing stupid mm. stuff in the groups yeah that's that's not cool yeah it's not cool at all yeah you got any uh any fun stories uh that, that would brighten me brighten the mood from the groups instead of my negativity that i got over here I try not to be um, negative i really try well i mean it's Towards the end of the month, we've had a good little bourbon month. That's true. You know, we, um, you and I can't really talk a lot about it, but we just had a good little weekend of bourbon not too uh, long ago, last, yes. last week. Skull um, and bones. Cannot really talk about it much, but it's some very, uh, 
good times and hanging out with some good people and getting some very let's just say private bourbon it was right you know, tastes right. very good so. just so you guys know kenny actually blindfolded me and threw me in the back of a pickup truck and drove me out to uh somewhere that i had no idea we were going and then then we, i was we like to okay. a hidden barn something no, i'm too <laughs> <laughs> no, they definitely did not do that. Ugh. Was anybody collecting yeast on the trees? Oh, goodness gracious. I would yeah. not do that. If we would have pulled up and somebody had a bucket and they were collecting yeast on the trees, I would have said, get get uh, out of here. I would have left right away. So, uh, But no, thank you for letting me be part of that, man. I really appreciated yeah. it. That was um, good to meet all those those folks. And I mean, a lot of people time. probably, which as I say, I say, some of our listeners probably went to Bourbon and Beyond or did the... Bar, you know the Barstown Bourbon Festival thing. We didn't. Yeah. We didn't do that, but we did other fun stuff. Have you ever done that stuff? I have not, man. You know what's funny? I never have either. And um, I'm trying to think what the most touristy bourbon thing I've done, other than like bebop around Bardstown and go to the distilleries and stuff mm. like that. I don't know that I've ever really taken part in that stuff. And it's not that I don't want to. I just. I don't know. That's just a big commitment, right? Wasn't the Bourbon Fest this year? Wasn't like a four day commitment? Didn't you have to like buy a four day pass to go to that? I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you had to buy the whole pass whether you went however many days you went. Yeah, I think that, you did. I know they probably did that because they wanted to control like how much vendors needed to bring and stuff like right. that, so they could predict a little bit better. But that was a little bit too much of a commitment for me, man. I got I got the small kids and everything. I'm like, there ain't no way I'm going to be able to like, just, hey, honey, I'm going to take four days to go just do whatever I want. Yeah. Bars done ain't going to work. I mean, I work so. retail, so that keeps me from a lot of that you have young kids that keeps you from a lot of that yeah you know so it is yeah. what it is i am quite busy too at the at the local university at times but you know sometimes i can move things around yeah, yeah. But, but yeah but you're an important person so oh. they actually need you there some people think that some yeah. people yeah none of them are present tonight no, just kidding <laughs> <laughs> so anthony yes sir do we have any shout outs man actually we did have a shout out Ooh. um yeah, so this one actually comes to us from Brant, D.C., and the title of this five-star review was Great Information. So he wrote, listen to other podcasts where they only review whiskeys you'll never find. I enjoy knowing the story behind the whiskeys I have, just enough and not too much. The two also make a great pair. Oh, so he said the two, so he hasn't caught up to when there's been three. Mm. Oh, how about that? He said, I'm jumping around episodes. The titles make it easy to find the episodes on whiskeys you want to hear about. Well, Brent, we appreciate that five-star review. And if you would like a shout-out, just give us a review on Apple Podcasts or leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram or somewhere where that we can find it, and we will give you the spot and give you a shout-out because we appreciate hearing from our listeners. Yeah, so I do have one question about that, though. Okay. Who's the just enough and who's not too much? <laughs> <laughs> I think he was saying... <laughs> yeah. I think he was saying just in the stories behind the whiskey, uh, sir. Um, but no, that's funny because um, I joke about myself and how I oftentimes give these incomplete, stammering histories. Oh, dude, I'm the same way. I yeah, don't know. I mean, like, you know, I know enough to like act like I know what I'm talking about, yeah. but I really don't know that much. Yeah, well, you know, that's part Thank of the fun, right? For Google, right? <laughs> and we went on this journey together, all of us, and started this podcast. That was part of what we said. We said we're going on the journey with you. It's not yeah. like we know everything or we're insiders, and so. Yeah, that's just enough. Well, the th and the thing I've, which, I mean, anyone that's listened to a few of the episodes, especially my first few ones I was on, I mean, I'm, like I said, a bourbon noob sipping since, you know, January 2020. But what I've found in the last 
you know, as I learn more, is the is the more that I do learn, the more I realize that I don't know a whole lot. Yeah, like it's so deep. <laughs> it is such a deep, deep pool. It's, so it's like getting a PhD. When I got yeah. when I went and got a PhD, I realized that I didn't know a whole lot of stuff. And so when you're going through and you're you're going on your own whiskey journey and you're finding out more and more, and the more you find out, the less the less you know. And right. Then, but yeah. then you also it's find humbling. out too that you know a lot more than a lot of other people too. And a lot <laughs> of people times. that act like they know a lot. Right. Like, right. Come exactly. on, bro. Exactly. Try to keep it clean, right? Mm-hmm. Be respectful one we another. We won't name names. We won't name names. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kenny, we have a really special and hot bottle tonight. It's one that Stephen said in a previous episode he couldn't wait to try, and we wanted to include him. Ooh. But the travel gods would not allow it. So take it away. Ooh. This is the Maker's Mark Cellar Aged. Oh, yeah. Mm, by the Maker's Mark Distillery in Loretto, Kentucky. This was released in 2023. The ABV is 57.85, so that's the proof is 115.7, which really is too hot for Steven anyway. <laughs> this is made up of 87% 12-year whiskey and 13% 11-year whiskey. Uh, the mash bill is 70% corn, 16% soft red wheat. So four- soft. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. You can redo that. <laughs> no, we're rolling, bro. Okay. You're not editing that out. 14% malted barley. MSRP is $150. $150? Or your local liquor barn was $179, and most of the stores around here about 500 bucks. What what Maker's Mark product do you remember in recent years that sold for $150 at MSRP? Mm-mm. Any? No, this is, uh, and so with this, I mean, this is their oldest age dated, you know, right. to date, man. Um, this is, uh, like, I've got the Maker's Black yes wax that 95 proof yep we've done that one on the podcast which you now own several of yes um did you have it in my house first yes who okay. gave me the idea i think that's I, right i think i gave you credit back then i have to go back maybe and listen again. but it was so good and so those are not age dated right but if you talk to like all the behind the scenes people they say those are eight to ten years old right as compared to the gold wax 101 and their standard 90 proof stuff is like five or six years old okay so that eight to ten year that that black wax 95 even though it's not age state is the oldest well this is now 12 years old basically yeah you know, this is definitely older. i don't think what does makers typically say that they age to for the regular product don't taste they go for like age to taste <laughs> but age to taste age to taste but that's six years i think six, most people say it's a six, six to seven six years six to seven think, years yeah which is interesting when you say age to taste because I know they also rotate every single barrel there, right? Isn't that their thing? They're one of the few that rotate, right? Dang. Well, all right. Does okay. Makers. I, I know that Beam does with all the Knob Creek stuff. I think I think but Makers does. does makers too. also rotates. Yeah. Okay. Which would make sense because they're, they're under oh, they're the same owned by the same, yeah, umbrella, same umbrella, but still, you just yeah. never know. There might be something different. So it's really cool about this bottle, though, man. Yeah. It's yeah actually, let's talk about that bottle. So where's my other There's standard Makers over there? Yeah. It's still a little bit different shape. And the standard makers, right. um, I, th- I tell you what I like is literally on the side it has the mash bill. I mean, it has the actual percent of the eleven of the eleven year and twelve year whiskey. Uh-huh. Doesn't say the mash bill, but that's can easily be found online. Yep. But it actually states what it's made up of, which is like the opposite of Buffalo Trace. <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to say, secret, man? Hey, don't, don't say anything bad about my BT. I know. I just wish they weren't that way, man. Yeah, I know. These guys are. But yeah, you can get all the mash bills online. The even the actual makeup of that batch is on the side of it. I like that. 
So let me ask you a question since you mentioned something about BT and I see the paper over there. Do you think like, I mean, how many whiskeys do you know modern day that release with the paper? What is that like a like a parchment oh, wax yeah, paper, whatever around it? There you go. One of the <laughs> oh, that's, that's horrible. BTAC. BTAC, right? BTAC and seller, right? So why did they do that? Did they do that to copy or were they thinking like that was the best thing to do was to put I mean Um I don't know if it's copy there. or look at the front. Isn't that signed? Is so, that actually signed? I don't know. It Phil, it's raised. That means be part of the glass. Oh. But I don't yeah. know if that's to protect that. Or so this gold lettering says 2023 release, and it may have been to protect that. I don't know. Or it could have just been that they wanted to make sure that, you know. I think they things? wanted to make sure it's special. Yeah. If they want to make sure it's special. Because, like you said, William LaRue, George T., all that stuff right. is got the paper around it. But when I got into bourbon, when I was a little tater, and I remember people telling me what makes bourbon special, the two things I remember them saying was something about the paper or the tube, right? Right. So it has some enclosing thing around it. And the other thing is white wax. So why didn't they put white oh. wax on the top of this? I mean, Maker's Mark, if you wanted to make this really special, you could put white wax. Yeah. I, that wouldn't look good, though, with this this combo. They, they stuck true to their... That's pretty, though. It's, yeah, it's, it's a pretty it's bottle. Pretty, yeah, it's very pretty. It's a pretty bottle. So I do have to say less is more with this bottle or before you have like a big label around it, this thin label and a little gold uh, accent. And, and since this is their product. oldest product, uh-huh. look at the bottle, though. Hold it at different angles. Uh-huh. It's like glimmers. It's like got little waves in the bottle, kind of oh, like an old... Yeah. Like see that? Yeah, like that it's not. Really cool. I'm not saying it's beveled, but it's got like little yeah, it's like imperfections you, on purpose, like waviness all so throughout the bottle. You know, like the old basement window. Yeah, it's like a buck, that's what buckshot I mean, kind is, of looking type yeah, of thing. This with is, the man. wavy glass. Yeah, that's uh, that's that really good. cool. Yeah. Oh, I just mm, let's look at the bottom. How it's even angled at the bottom, the glass. Oh, nice. I wonder if all of them are like that. Uh, maybe, hmm. maybe not. Maybe you have an air bottle. Shoot, we shouldn't have opened it. You could have not opened it, then it could have. We could have gone natty with it. <laughs> <laughs> So, Kenny, you're talking about things that this – I'm going to do a little bit of the, the, the party line stuff here, and I want to see if you know what any of this stuff means. So because this is the oldest aged product, most people would assume that this was just – it has the name seller aged, but I don't think mm-hmm. most people know what that means. So apparently they had their regular barrels aging, and if they let them continue to age, according to the stuff that I've read – what happens is they become too tannic and bitter. I don't know if I believe that, okay? Mm-hmm. Because, of course, none of us are getting a chance to taste that. I've heard some people who have visited the distillery have gotten a chance to taste like an actual warehouse age 12 year. But this is actually taken and put into what they call a lead certified temperature controlled limestone cellar for further aging. And so it spends quite a bit of time down there to finish the aging process. But because it's temperature controlled and because it's like mimicking, I guess, what the lower floors of the warehouse would be, or maybe colder. Way colder. Way colder. No, it's colder. It's colder. So it's like cold aging. It's like it is over with uh, Irish whiskey and scotch and stuff. I mean, it's cold. Ah, there it's you cold. go. Isn't but it you, like 58 degrees? Was that what I read online? The, um, the seller's like 58 degrees hey, or something? if you think you read that, that's fine with me. I just read I didn't know what lead I'm certified meant. Yeah, you did Yeah, you did say the holiday in? Uh, <laughs> but... They say that it develops a deeper, richer, and even more complex flavor because it's in the cellar. And um, they also say that aging whiskey over 10 years is not something they've ever done. So that dovetails with what you said about the black wax being rumored to be 8 to 10 years old. And and Dave Pickerel, I believe, was the liquid guy there. Did you know that back then? Mm -mm. Yeah, he was. I mean, the late, great Dave Pickerel was the liquid guy at makers when the black wax was crafted and released so pretty interesting that they uh have chosen to to release this i'm excited to try it because um you know we 
We both love the FAO two. Right. Um, I did not like the latest BEP BEP whatever the. You don't like BEP. I didn't like BEP. BEP. Um, not a fan. So I'm interested to see if this is what this is going to do. Yeah. Can I tell you about my taterishness here? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, you liked it. So those of you guys that don't know, Kenny makes fun of me at times because I do meander back and forth between a semi-serious whiskey person and a tater. And so when I had the first Maker's Wood Finishing Series release, do you remember what that was? I think it was RC6. 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 I liked RC6, and as is the case with most Maker's products, it was just sitting on the shelves, and there were cases of it sitting next to it. So I liked the RC6. I drank a bottle, and then I went and got another one, and I think I may have drank and shared that. And then I said, you know what? This is a series that I think I'd like to collect. Mm-hmm. So I went and got an RC6, and I paid attention, and I made sure I got one of each. I think I've drank one of each, except for the BRT. I will say fully yeah. that I think we tried BRT at your house one night, and we weren't really fans of it. No. So instead here. of buying two, I went and got one BRT one, one BRT two. Oh yes, no, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That was weren't here. those supposed to be higher and lower aging in the warehouse? Or I did not like, that? like those either. You don't like them? Nope. But here's where I get tatery. So I went and I got all the wood finishing series. I made sure I sacked them away. So I do have in my collection a complete wood finishing series vertical. And when they announced they were doing away with it, I was like, hooray, I don't have to buy anymore. Wow. So do you know that their, their BP is supposed to be the last one okay. that they're doing? Yeah. Well, good. Because <laughs> other than FAO2 and I think the RC6, I didn't like any of them. You don't like any of them? Okay. Mm-hmm. I like them for the different things that they had going on. And, of course, when you're running a single barrel program that allows you to do the stave combinations, which we've talked yeah. about before because we, we reviewed a private select, I think, from Jackson's, um, I don't know how much you, you know traction you can get, especially when you're not explaining what, what anything means. You know, I'm glad that makers didn't call this the seller-aged FAEOQ5679. You know, they could have done that. But they didn't. Yeah. And it's uh, 51 degrees in that cellar. Oh, 51 degrees? Yeah. Oh, man. You can't. You might not even be able to wear shorts down there. That'd be good parka weather for me. I could wear my parkas down there. You do have, you, could, you could go to work there and wear a parka for the rest of the year and never wear the same one. That's right. Makers, I'm coming to apply for a job so I can wear my parkas year-round. Um, one thing, what you said that they said the they don't want to age for longer in their normal rick house because picked up too much tannin and all that yeah but man i just i don't i think we need to taste it like i, I think they need to let the let the consumer decide that i think so too because this is back to your buffalo trace you know look at elmer t lee yeah smooth, smooth vanilla smooth, smooth vanilla smooth vanilla it's so look, smooth look at julian taking pappy and just mixing it with soda and putting it on ice yeah a lot of these older guys even timey even though they are the ones behind all this they don't like just grippy right powerful bourbon like how we do right so and not just saying we but i mean a lot of my friends are all like that yeah i go you know i go in phases i think more than the average person i don't like like hot to be hot yeah don't get me wrong i do not i mean so what's good to me is 130 proof that drinks like 110 or something you know that i don't like just hot to be hot um but man i I bet it's got to be great, man. Well, let's let's stop talking about it. Let's get the nose in it here a little oh, bit. But this was in the cellar. I'm saying I bet the stuff that's just, if they just let it go at their normal Rick temperatures, I bet it would oh, still be great. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't yeah. need to cut you off. Yeah. I was getting no. ready to taste yeah, it. I, saying no, that. I think it would be good, too. Like I think. Yeah. Have you nosed this yet? I haven't. I'm doing well, it now. You didn't say that, and yeah. I, was, I haven't no, nosed mine it. yet. Well, nose it. All right. I got to pop it a little bit, make sure I coat the glass nicely. Oh, wow. That's nice. I don't know if it's as nice as some of the reactions i've seen to this uh this whiskey because i have watched and man so that's a a lot of things so 
you know how like you know to give somebody a compliment before you know you're introducing somebody to somebody else and you like talk them all up yeah like oh you set me up for failure well watching one particular guy's review on this is uh possibly setting us up for failure for a lot of people if they take that guy super serious well i don't know we'll see i mean and, and that could i'm be saying possible that could be anybody out there you know but on the nose man it smells like dusky-esque dust dusty dusky or dusky God, dusty dusty God, yeah did you say dusky i did say dusky hey it could be dusky i like that it does smell a little bit dusty dusty s man um yeah it's got like that classic um i jokingly always call it like the shag carpet um like uh dusty kind of smell that you get when you go into a basement with the wood paneling and stuff like that it's not quite full yeah. on like that because it still carries a lot of what i would call like the solid weeder characteristics of like um that's wild that it's it's yeah. got that because yeah. i mean it's uh, it's not like it's a 12 year old bourbon from the 1980s you know it's a 12 year bourbon from today so maybe that's, that's got something to do with it that back then they were just throwing barrels wherever they wanted an age they weren't worried about hmm. having so these interesting massive rick houses maybe and his limestone walls is that what you said yeah limestone cellar interesting yeah. and uh i'm getting like i would call it caramelized sugars is on the nose a little bit um like the sweetness hmm. that's nice i like that so while we're nosing it before we're getting ready to taste here hey like a cotton candy-ish kind of sweetness like you smell in those cotton see. candy machines yeah yeah, which definitely. is more sugary sweetness per Sugar, se. Yeah. yeah no it's definitely got gives off a nice very nice 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 so thinking about this and knowing that we've done a cask review so we did regular makers cask the regular stuff that was one of the first makers products we reviewed on the podcast we did a private selection pick and i jokingly said we did our first ever dusty expression when we did the makers black and Perhaps not surprisingly, since when I tasted the Maker's Black the first time I was hanging out with you, I was like, holy good God. I couldn't believe it was Maker's. I was like, it is how liquid is this? Candy. Yeah, I was like, how is this Maker's Mark? It hit like every single nice pleasure note you could. I'd have to go back and re-listen to that episode to, to pick out all the descriptors because I haven't had it probably since that episode that we recorded because I like to sack that away and save it. Yeah. <laughs> not just not just have that pour any night. And um I make her black as special. That was so good. And, and so if now, this can hang with that, I'm wondering. We'll that's see. what I'm saying. Can this hang with oh, that? Oh, I don't know. Because if it can hang with that, then uh, I think we're looking at something that, you know, I'm trying to remember. I paid, I said in a podcast that you could pay anywhere from, you know, 250 to 300 if you're getting a good deal on a maker's black but usually it cost you 350 to 400 maker's black are usually four 450 uh, speaking of that man our boy mh what happened michael harris no him and his wife were at some uh consignment thing really like you know flea markety kind of consignment thing he looked over and they had a maker's black wax there oh my god and i need to double check with him but it was something silly like they paid 70 bucks or 80 bucks oh man because it gets like a lot of or maybe 100 bucks i don't know what it was maybe 100 bucks yeah but maker's black at that time was going for 450 to 500 oh my gosh and you know people that have that because i'm a place i've no they they you know like we talked about earlier there's makers denim and makers right. for keeneland and makers blah 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 blah, and they're all 50 bucks to 70 dollar bottles yep so i think you got that for like 70 to 100 bucks for that makers black wax man holy cow that's crazy and i was actually thinking about that like i know a lot of times when i've come across them i meet up like the one time i bought a makers black wax i think i paid around 300 for it and i met up the i met up with the guy and I said, what's the deal, man? Why are you selling it? And he's like, well, I don't really drink much. And I was like, what? He's like, I like beer. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, what's this guy doing with this nice premium bourbon? And he just said, I worked for Toyota for years, which, as you don't know, is a big Toyota plant up here north of Lexington. 
And a lot of the people that worked and got to go over to Japan or have that exchange there with a lot of executives that come over, the Maker's Black was a pretty common bottle at some point in time. They're bringing it them was back. mainly all export, yeah. yeah. Bringing them back from Japan. Yeah. And uh, a lot of those guys brought them back, set them on a shelf, never drank them. And now they're like, yeah, I'd rather have the $300 to buy more beer and you can have this whiskey. And I'm like, thank you. And it's just <laughs> or it's 95 proof instead of 90. Yeah. And that's six to, and that eight to 10 years old is just, mm, it's a different animal than the regular Maker's. Absolutely. So let's see how this compares to that, you think? All we, right. Because we both love Maker's Black. That's right. Let's roll. Okay. Wow. So the first thing I'm going to say about this, without even talking about the front end palette, because there's a lot of complexity going on there, is the back end finishes like a like a rye almost, like a minty spiciness. Is that what I'm picking up? Is that crazy? No, mint is correct. <laughs> wow. What? That is very minty. That's really kind of strange. I don't know that I ever picked up minty notes. In a, uh, I get some minty on some rise, but I also get minty on some dusty bourbons. Like I've had right. several beams that were yeah, like the old school beams that were minty. So you've drank um, more dusty than I have. Yeah, I've had, so. a lot of, had a lot of dusties that don't have some mintiness to them. Boy, that's interesting. Man, this proof point is, I think it's proof points on point, man. Because uh, I don't get like a big ethanol popper hit. No. But my tongue and my mouth, it's like, it's it's not physically swelling, but it feels like it's just filling and swelling and swelling. Just mm, you know, the flavor is just right. growing inside your mouth. That's actually a great way to describe it. It's like sometimes we describe when you have something that's tannic. Usually, when you sip it, it kind of brings everything into the middle of your mouth, right? It kind of makes you pucker, like, yes, almost, and draws you up. Draws you up. This is this just is like the center a going flavor out. ride outward, all the way, <laughs> top, like bottom, left, right, just dripping, filling, dripping the jawline. Nice, wow. nice creaminess. Um, it's got some huh. nice. Uh, it's got some nice smooth woody characteristics. I think are really deep. So I always talk about berry notes and caramel as part of the weeder experience. But like when you say caramel, okay, anybody could say caramel with bourbon. We're talking like a deep, burnt, nice, rich caramel. Like the that's probably those sugars that we were smelling. Yeah, man. So yeah, as we're tasting through this, like I'm getting just a lot of like when I told you that I thought it was a really nice, rich you know, oak and evenly layered. I think that's where I'm at. Like it's got the nice berry notes. It's got some fruit. That mint backbone is really like the mint part is throwing me, but it's also um, a very deep, deep caramel. Right. I had a guy in California. Okay. That he and I had like traded bottles back and forth. Yeah. That makes his own caramel. Oh really? And he sent me some and it was like, I'm not going to say a burnt sugar caramel, but it was to the point of almost being burnt sugar caramel. Yeah. Very rich and deep and deep. Yeah. It was really good, but it, was, it wasn't it was like your little light, just straight sweet sugar. It was that deep. Yeah. This has that deep. Yeah. It's oh, deep to it. 100%. Like, I think everything in this is like amplified and amplified in a good way, right? So if you want rich flavors that are going to hit, um, like you said, like so spreading out on the palate is just insane. It's just insane. It's got me wondering now. I forgot who that guy was. I need to find that. <laughs> I want more caramel. Find it again. You want to get some more caramel. <laughs> Maybe you could pair it with this, right? I'm telling you, yeah, probably. Yeah, you could do a little whiskey mutant stuff. That that one local guy, he always pairs everything with candy. Um, that's on a yeah. Harry's podcast, right? Um, this is my bourbon podcast. Yeah, good guy there. Yeah, we found a few times at J-Hop. Oh, nice. Very good. Yeah. Good, good dudes. So yeah, there you go. That could be Kenny's thing. Get your salted mm. caramels tasting with this makers, and there you go. Nope. <laughs> so um, I'm going to ask the question because um, we're going to get the past try by here in a second, but I also think that this is, um, in my opinion, a delicious whiskey. Um, that's just my opinion. Okay. 
So where can makers really go from here? Because it's been many years since people have been clamoring for well-aged makers. And now that they have it out there, and the markets are speaking, man, because we're talking about the retail of this bottle being high. The secondary has been between four and five hundred dollars. Is that right? Yeah, right now, if um, I know it's new yet, I know it's new. Yeah, four fifty to five hundred, and it goes, you know, pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. So, being that it's carrying that, I always, I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. The markets speak, right? If something's good, and it goes for a lot of money, then it's usually because people like it at that price. Um, I'll comment after past try and buy where I think that maybe this whiskey might settle. And I'd like you to speculate too. But where do they go from here, man? They're already one of the most iconic bourbon brands, right? Makers is synonymous with Kentucky. It's synonymous with bourbon. We've talked about that in the past. The red wax, just the character of it, everything. But they finally put out a well-aged bourbon now, and it's it's hitting on every level. How can they make something better than this? Um. Well, this is an annual release now, they said. So okay. this is not a one-time release. So not a one thing. So they're going to do this again next year and the next year and the next year, according to what they said before. Um, what's wild on this, just getting back to pricing, there are supposedly 30,000 bottles in this batch. That's according to their website or whatever okay. I read There's on There's 30,000 the, bottles? Their website or some other some other uh, well-known bourbon, bourbon places website I read. I read 30,000 bottles. Now, that includes what's going to be released in the United States and in Europe. You know, they have a huge, you know, they're global. But 30,000. But think about what we've seen. We've only seen a limited release in Kentucky. Right. Uh, limited releases, maybe a few other places, barely limited. So that's, I mean, I don't know why... Well, I guess, I mean, the price is up there because it's been so limited release, but with 30,000 bottles, man, I would think the price will settle back down. It won't get down to retail. Yeah. You know, it's like a, like an FAO2. Right. Uh, FAO2 secondaries, 9,500 bucks, right. maybe. Yeah. Um, and it was, what, 65, 70, 65 at retail. Yeah. So I'm not saying this is going to be a one $880 bottle, but hopefully 250 max, I hope, because I would, you know, it, hopefully that's where it ends up. Not at, not at 450 and 500, hopefully 250 to $300 max, but yeah. who knows, man. But with 30,000 getting released, you would think the price would come down. Well, I think what's interesting is they just did a distillery release when, what, like September 15th? Is that when that happened? Distillery mm -hmm. release? Yeah. Yeah. So with that release, I know a lot of people, I didn't go out there, but I know a lot of people who did. And so if you have a lot of people that have gone out there and you know that that there that there's going to be more bottles because you don't know how many they held back at the distillery, then I think that that in and of itself should help sort of stabilize and bring the price of this down a little bit, don't you think? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how many was I don't know how many was released then. Yeah, I don't either, but um, it's a uh, it certainly is interesting, man. So I think we should just cut to it right now. I want you to go first on this one, Kenny. Would you pass, try, or buy on the Maker's Mark Cellar Aged 2023? bourbon release it's a lot of pressure bro <laughs> we need steven here to go first yeah we do where's he at this is the one he wanted to try mm. so i mean i think it's too hot for him yeah. <laughs> yeah i think it's got just enough heat for me though yeah uh, i'd let you know it's there yeah um but the cool part it doesn't have that tannic draw you up yeah you know mm -hmm. but it's got some boldness to it um oh let me think Pass, try, or buy. Really? This mm. is a tough decision for you. I didn't think it was going to be that tough of a decision. Uh, man, it's just, I have to count, I have to take into, into account that I can't just walk into a store and buy it. Yeah. So I'm going to be paying 4 to 450 for it. Yep. So at 4 to 450 is this Russell's Single Rick. 
good to me. Oh, you know? yeah, good point. Um, I, I had a tough decision on that one. So is it Russell's thirteen? That's three hundred bucks. You know, to me. So man, it's so unique though that minciness and it just kind of takes you all over the place. Right. I did one last drink here. Though. I'm a buy. You're a buy. Okay. Yeah, I'm a buy. Uh, so I would say, I mean, I, well, if you are you get lucky at Kroger, Costco at 150, some of your local liquor store might be 180 to 200. Yep. Then it's a buy, buy, beyond buy, beyond buy. Um, for me. Yeah. Uh, if I've got to get up to that creeping up to 400 ish, that's when I might go try. If, if you got to go four four fifty, I'm maybe a try. Yeah. If it's anywhere from two fifty and less, I'm a buy. Okay. I think that it's going to be hard for me to reason anything differently than what you just said in terms of the secondary price. I mean, I'm just going to say it. You guys know I love weeders. This one hits all the right notes for me, and I actually was a little worried because this did really receive so much hype. And because it received so much hype, I was like, man, this must be like the caliber of the hype it's been receiving. I thought it was like better than William Leroux Weller. Would you say it's better or worse than William Leroux Weller? So for me, and I even put this on a Facebook page the other day. Uh oh. Um, a couple of guys were talking about it because a few guys listed this at like six fifty. Oh my God! Really? really trying to stretch it out. Holy cow! And uh, you know, one of the guys chimed in like, "Oh, this is an annual release." It's blah blah blah. And this other guy's like, "Well, William Le- William Larue Weller is an annual release, right? And it's a one ninety nine bucks, one fifty retail. Ninety nine, yeah, I think. Um, and it goes maybe. for you know eighteen hundred dollars. That's true. Um, and so. Personally, myself, I would rather drink this than William LaRue Weller. Okay. Just because a lot of William LaRue's to me are just kind of a little bit hot to be hot. Draw me up astringent. Oh, okay. Even though I love George C. Stagg at, yeah. uh, at High Proof, something about the William LaRue. But I would rather, if I'm just going to sit and drink, and we're going to drink and sip and sip, Yeah. I'd rather drink this. Okay. If I'm going to have just one ounce, two ounces of it, I believe that William LaRue has uh, a little more complexity to it. Yep. Um, so, but that's the thing, I guess, I guess that, well, I guess I ought to really admit, I guess if it's four, four fifty, I ought to be a buy then really. Right. See, cause I mean, you know, so here's the thing. I'm going to be a buy like you, if I can get up to a certain point, the thing that I'm going to use the measuring stick is not really William LaRue because most of us won't be able to get one of those. I've only been able to get one in my life and I savored every sip of that bottle. It was amazing to me. I don't know that I would put that one that I had maybe 2017 or 18 is the one that I had. I don't know if I would compare it to this. I still think that was slightly better. But again, when you're talking about fifteen to $1,800 a bottle in a secondary, I'd take this all day. Yeah. I'm definitely going to buy this if I can get it at retail. And I'm actually going to say possibly up to three fifty. And I'm not saying that to be like making the markets inflated if they do come down or wherever this thing settles at. But the reason why I'm saying three fifty is because that's about what I've paid, I think, for black wax makers. Um, the mm-hmm. highest I've paid for it is three fifty, maybe four hundred. I can't remember. It was between yeah. three fifty and four hundred. And so, if I'm willing to spend that for black wax makers, then I think that I would be willing to spend up to three fifty on this. I think um, it's a fair assessment. Fair to look assessment? at it that way. Yeah. I think I'm still. I just took a drink of my. I just took the. I took. I just finished the rest of my glass. Yeah. That mintiness. Yep. So, in general, I'm not a big minty guy. Right. Like Four Roses, the F recipes, don't care for them in general. Okay. This mintiness, I can I can rock with. I like it. Um, but I'd say 250, 300 is my max. Okay. Well, I'm thinking up. There you go. And um, 
Did you? Uh, I know you. You joking? You lovingly said that this would be too too hot for Stephen. But are we going to save him some? Because I mean, he really he's really wanting to try it. You know, this was his top bottle of the fall bourbon release season. And yeah. When, when he gets back and he rolls back into town. Oh yeah. So yeah. So my son, who is uh, he's a chemical engineer. Yeah. I'm uh, my youngest son. Uh, really smart. He actually made me. It, it's it's incredible. Um, he made a whole entire Excel spreadsheet that allows you to proof bourbon up and down. Really? Because when you're proofing bourbon, it's not just about the grams. You also have to take into the fact of the viscosity and the proof that it is. So you actually put <laughs> it's in... It's one big family affair over oh, here it's crazy, at the Mills man. household. So you actually put in uh, what proof you're starting with, right. what proof you want to finish with, uh, and it tells you, you know, you're starting with X amount of grams of bourbon, you add X amount of grams of water. So I'm gonna proof this down to 90 for Steven. So he's gonna get this at 90 proof and see how, how he likes it. <laughs> You're wrong. I love it. Oh man, but we're just no, we're just playing. Over we will here, we will definitely save Steven some of this at yeah. the legit seller aged proof of 115.7. And with that, thanks for listening. Please like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Mashup KY. Also, let us know your thoughts on this bottle in the comments section. Don't forget to visit our partner, bourbonoutfitter.com. Enter code The Mashup at checkout for a special discount. Until next time, keep it beat.